Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to connect with you because very often I connect with more classical type dancers and I'm excited to broaden my horizons a bit. I know, getting a tap dancer in. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So for everybody tuning in, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Conversations with the Pros. I have the fabulous Demi Remick with me today. Demi, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Let us know, you know who you are, where you currently dance, and then we'll talk a little bit about your journey. Cool. So I am a freelance professional tap dancer. So I do a bunch of work. Um, I've toured with Postmodern Jukebox, which is a YouTube band, but we uh, have traveled around the world. I got to perform at the Sydney Opera House, Radio City with them. And I just got off of a four month Europe tour with them. But I've also performed with like Michelle Dorrance and Caleb Teicher and in my own work in New York. And I freelance around the city with live jazz bands. So, and I teach. <laughs> so being a freelance tap dancer often means a lot of jobs. <laughs> Ab absolutely. Where are some of the places that you teach in the city? Um, I teach through Common Ground Tap, and they just rent space, but it's ran through Justin Bosito, who he teaches at Broadway Dance Center, but awesome. I like working through him. He, he has a really good program, if you want to learn tap. Yes. So can you just let us know a little bit about your journey, uh, you know, from where you started to where you, obviously, we spoke about where you're at now, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the path that got you there. Sure. I, um, I moved to New York when I was 15. Oh. With my parents' support, they obviously helped me, but I'm from New Hampshire, yeah. and there's not a lot going on there. We had a tap teacher, but um, we started driving, as parents do with dancers, uh, to Boston, which was like three hours one way. Wow. And, uh, like multiple days a week, so my parents, I have siblings, so they supported me in moving here at 15 to dance with Michelle Dorrance. I'm sure that name rings a bell to even ballet dancers listening. Um, and then through dancing with Michelle for three years, I went to college. I don't know why. <laughs> I went to SUNY Purchase Conservatory for modern and ballet. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I'm a tap dancer at heart. I graduated that BFA, and, and then I started touring with Postmodern Jukebox after that. Awesome. Now, at Purchase, did you have opportunities to continue with tap? Because I know also um, in the college dance environment, you're, you're somewhat you're limited with obviously the training that they offer with that being said i think there is room at, in certain programs for expanding so did you have opportunities to still practice obviously what your passion was for tap yeah they weren't 
not supportive. Do you know what okay. I mean? There just wasn't really. I knew that going in, though. There's no tap at purchase. It's like they create an animal of a contemporary dancer, and that's what I wanted. Um, but there was a wooden studio, and they were so supportive of anything else I wanted to put on at the school. But ultimately, I still continued to go to the city and, like, see tap dancers and perform and get permission to perform. And I actually graduated early to tour. So they let me do that, which was cool. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, agreed upon uh, the creation of incredible contemporary dancers coming from Purchase. <laughs> uh, awesome, though, that you were able to graduate early. And also really great that you were able to hold on to your passion because I know a lot of dancers who will start college in, you know, as dance majors, get into these programs. Same here. I started college as a dance major. Didn't finish as a dance major, but started. And <laughs> And I think uh, being in that environment, especially schools that, in my opinion, most schools being so heavy in modern and ballet, it can be hard for a student to necessarily navigate uh, perhaps the ability to flourish in maybe just like one aspect of it that they want to train in. Like, would you agree with that? Or how do you feel about that? I was kind of lucky to have had a little bit of professional experience before college. Sure. I was actually going to college to take a break from tap. I'm sorry, that's now on record, but I needed a moment to like explore this other aspect of dance in my life. And ultimately I, I went back, <laughs> but, but I needed four years to just try this thing that I had this feeling to do, but. Yeah, that's interesting. I think hard. they're hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the skills are hard too. They're, they're very intense, but I, I can relate in a, Similar essence, but very different in the sense of needing a change of scene for me. But it was different because for me, it was starting as a dance major, but then realizing I needed to take several steps back um, in regards to what I was studying and kind of shifting gears into the dietetics world because I essentially burnt myself out. What happened? Oh, that's what I want to hear about. So, so you feel like you maybe burnt yourself out at a certain point with tap dance? I just felt like what do I do? I was so young and I was dancing with yeah. this amazing Dorrance Dances is like the tap company to be with. And, and I honestly, and I was teaching at 15, I flew to Brazil and was teaching at festivals. Like tap festivals is a big part of being a professional tap dancer. And I think I needed a, I needed a moment to, to, to study dance. Like I was a tap dancer, but I, I felt like I needed to learn more. <laughs> so That's really interesting. It's like, uh, it's such a large responsibility that comes with uh, the professional work as a 15-year-old that it's awesome that you saw that perspective and was like, you know what, I need to actually get back into being more of a student, learn a little bit more before I can even further flourish as a professional dancer. Yeah, I didn't even think much of it. You know, when you're, you know, when you're 15, you know what you want. <laughs> so... That's so long ago, though. Now I barely remember how hard college was. Go to conservatory. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, because so much of my work is in the realm of healing relationships, uh, dancers' relationships with food and with their bodies, especially because of the aesthetic pressures, the undeniable aesthetic pressures that very much classical dancers will experience. So would you say that that is experienced in the tap dance world as well? I think it's slightly different okay it's not as it's definitely not the same okay it's, it's anyone and everyone is welcome if you have a pair of shoes you're in the family awesome. um, 
and with the way you're dancing at least in rhythm tap dance form follows function so the way it looks is because of how you're getting the sound so that's why everyone looks like an individual um that's they awesome. have to dance technically correct but a lot of the style comes from just how you're executing um but i think more of the pressures just come on from from just the people being in society and then being a tap dancer mm -hmm. and 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 often a lot of tap dancers are also also other styles of dancers and i think they're feeling that from those places too so they have plenty of tap dance friends who feel those feelings like about their body and how they look when they're on stage and stuff like that so of course i think they bring up a really great point in the sense that diet culture and those pressures to perhaps attain a certain aesthetic it's not just experience in the dance world it's diet, diet culture is a over 72 billion dollar industry so impacting every uh, population and industry under the sun right so i think that brings up a really good point um and i'm very curious to hear a little bit more about the relationship perhaps uh, with food because one thing that you said that I think is really interesting that gets lost in translation in the classical dance world is the idea that food is a major function of food is the functionality of our bodies um, and dancers classical dancers especially will lose that in translation you know only solely worried about what food is doing necessarily for how their body looks not necessarily thinking about how their body performs um which is of course as you know as well so important for any type of dancer's success yeah i mean i don't really have a choice like um obviously i feel like every dancer has has thought those things especially in conservatory that's something that comes up just because you're around you have peers and, and, and there's some competition there. I don't care anymore. I'm, I live my life, but, but, but when I'm on tour, I don't have, I don't have a choice, but to find fuel for the show, like whether it's catering and it's not exactly maybe the healthiest choice I want, but you have to, you have to make it work to be the fuel for your show. Like that, the show becomes a priority. At least it did for me. Absolutely. You bring up such an incredible point right now. One thing that I'm always talking about with dancers is this concept of food flexibility. So a lot of dancers will uh, fall vulnerable to messages around clean eating lifestyles or healthy eating, right? As it's defined by diet culture at large. And the problem with this is that the reality of being a dancer, no matter what dancer you are, you are so often dealing with either very crazy schedules, touring in places that you've never been to, unfamiliar, you might have access, only have access to certain options that you or society in the, perhaps have not deemed to be quote unquote clean or healthy, but your priority has to be on, this is what everyone forget, or not everyone, but this is what a lot, a lot of dancers forget is that your fuel, your body's functionality, as you mentioned earlier, is priority, right? We will always have opportunities to get in crunchy salads and pretty whatever it is, right? But <laughs> at the moment, when you are on tour, when you are in the uh, height of, uh, you know, your dancing day, your priority needs to be nourishment, getting in those calories that your body's going to burn for energy. Yeah, and it and it becomes a little frustrating if you're touring because you lose an element of control and dancers love mm -hmm. love control. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I had to learn to let it go because it was incredibly overwhelming and frustrating. But you have to understand if you're on tour, you will find healthy food eventually. It's going to come to you. If you have something slightly unhealthy just to feel you through the show, it'll probably be a better energy source than 
other things that you were going to eat. Like, I just learned so much. It's not, it's not that deep. Like, yeah, I, I work <laughs> while on tour. Two really important points here. You know, so many people, not just dancers, are scared of the word calories. They hear the word calories, they get scared at it. When, when the truth is calories is solely just another word for energy. Your body needs energy to dance. Where you get that energy from? If it's not necessarily this clean option, this quote unquote, what society has deemed as a healthy option, it's worse to avoid the opportunity to eat than the actual food in of itself. You know what I mean? Like we need to make sure we're providing our body with that nourishment. And you definitely like me, I make mistakes. Like sometimes I'm like, wasn't the best source of energy or didn't eat enough for this show. I feel it. Like, like it's like a very complicated relationship you have to. Yeah. And it's a, it's a learning process, right? For the, for, on the personal level, I'll work with a lot of the dancers I work with are, are young, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And, um, so often because a lot of dancers have a tendency to have perfectionist type of mindsets, very much we have to be uh, exactly kind of what you said earlier, take a step back and realize that it's not so deep, that this is a, a learning process, learning what foods work. You're going to choose yeah. foods you that might make you feel physically unwell that um maybe whether it's feeling just like extra gassy on stage or whatever it might be right we're all gonna make some mistakes and and it's a matter of learning from those experiences right they're not mistakes they're opportunities to learn that's usually what i like to say yeah and i think i think being around dancers when you're growing up and learning and then being around dancers when you're in a company but for me when i'm around musicians i'm around singers so it's honestly a it's a very positive environment because they often most of them don't feel this that way that, that a whole group of dancers feels. But in another way, I have to be careful because they don't have to take care of their body like an instrument while on tour. So yeah. like think about that too. So absolutely, yeah. There's no doubt that you are an athlete and you really have to provide your body with you know, food, calories, nourishment to just get through your dancing. How has uh, the quarantine, how has COVID for you in regards to your training? I know very familiar with the challenges that a lot of classical dancers face throughout the quarantine. So I'm kind of curious to hear from you and your experience. Tap dancer in quarantine. I mean, this is my bedroom. Were your neighbors thrilled? Like, how, did, how is the relationship with your downstairs neighbor? I know. So, I mean, it was unspoken. He, I didn't want him to know who I was. I never introduced myself because I thought if he started to realize, he would feel like he could speak to me. But <laughs> I eventually got keys. I'm in Queens, in New York, in Queens. I got keys uh, from local studio owners that were closed, like a hot Bikram yoga studio <laughs> and, like, and a dance studio that was closed. And I said, I'll do whatever you want to have these keys. And so I taught one class for free at one place and I helped clean the other and I had unlimited access to these. Oh, I could not tap dance in here. I did it once and my boyfriend was like, never again. <laughs> no, I get that. That's awesome. Uh, I happen to love tap dancing. I, I did it growing up. I never pursued it per, um, after high school, but I, I did love, it, it was just a, a very different kind of experience, right? Versus ballet. I mean, it's like, not that ballet is not joy, but tap dance is joy. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so my final question for you, and I ask this to all the dancers that I have on here, how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? We covered several different aspects of this in our chat already in regards to being flexible and 
being somewhat understanding of yourself, the idea that you're going to make mistakes, any other type of insight or advice that you can give for dancers, whether they're tap dancers or non-tap dancers in regards to mindset? I think as a freelance dancer, it's saying no, not just to work, but to anything becomes nearly impossible. But I think finding balance in that way, trusting your gut with, with, with gigs, with food, with working with new people, welcoming new people into your creative process. It's all like you have to trust your gut and yes or no isn't wrong. And I think that'll ultimately lead to, to wellness and health <laughs> in your body. <laughs> I think that's such a great point. Knowing what you need, knowing how to necessarily say no, even though I would imagine for a freelancer that has to be challenging because, and you can tell us a little bit more about this experience, having the future be somewhat out of your control, right? Is that, that's a, you mentioned a little bit about this earlier in regards to being on tour, food being very much out of your, your control and you somewhat being forced to have to be comfortable with that discomfort. Do you feel the same way in regards to being a freelancer in your experience? Yeah, and I think everyone functions differently as a freelancer. Like, I need one thing that's like anchored at all times in my life, but it, it changes, that anchor changes, whether it's a contract at a show or a tour or like a new, more long-term teaching job, that kind of gives me one grounding thing. And then from there I have, I can say yes to anything. And I think that's just my way of. <laughs> yeah. I think that's an awesome, actually sort of a coping tool, right? To make sure you've got one thing that's steady, that's comfortable and that full-time anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it helps to build a framework that allows you to be pretty flexible with so much else in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just talked to Beth nicely. I actually, I train with her at the limit. Oh, yes. I saw that actually. <laughs> I totally forgot to put those pieces together, but yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Fairly new, but Beth is awesome. So I'm glad you, you talked to her too. <laughs> Yeah, that was an awesome chat as well. And honestly, so is this one. You've really given us such incredible uh, insight into what it's like being a freelancer, what it's like being a tap dancer, uh, what it's like going to a conservatory like college. So thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, tap dancers, we're basically just doing cardio. So you got to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nutrition calories, definitely your best friend to get through your activity. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, oh, Demi. This is great. Awesome. Yeah. We'll be in touch, okay? Yeah, awesome. All right. Bye-bye.